Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who just can't decide on which flyer to stalk until hockey season starts again. Let's talk some August hockey, you know. Well, it's, we're I mean, here to talk about is August hockey. We're here for the stuff. I don't know if you realized that was the title, but we're here for the stuff. We're here for the stuff, and I'm here to sweat while recording a podcast oh, in August. You, you think you, you think you're the only one that's going to be sweating here? You think you came and you thought you're going to be the sweat king? No, Craig, are, are you trying I, to say my sweat I game sweat, is not on point? I sweat. I my sweating will put you to shame. I sweat. Shame. I sweat, and I, I played. There was a day in high school. It was like February. It was pretty cold outside. I think snow was still on the ground. I wore a hoodie. I sweat through the hoodie. I am the sweat king, Steve. I can sweat in any situation, and I will always sweat. Is that your shitty superpower, is sweating in any I, situation? It's probably a really unhealthy thing I should check out, but I just don't care. And, uh, yeah, I think that might be it. I go through shirts like a champion. Uh, there's no deodorant that works. It's all it's all just a gigantic wet mess everywhere. So... Not the brag, not the brag, ladies. But I, I am a sweat champion. A sweat champion, and and let me, I will say that this, that's though. a good start. It, it's good to start talking about Craig being the sweat champion, and I will happily abstain to challenging you for the the sweat champion title here. I I, I will say to combat that myself, I'm I've cut the sleeves off a a salmon colored t shirt I had from playing floor hockey. So that's fun. A salmon flavored? Salmon flavored, yeah. It's not salmon colored. It's salmon flavored. It, it, mm-mm. it tastes like locks. I will say, though, something that probably gets us both hot and bothered and sweaty. <laughs> and probably get there and probably has the Flyers fan, fan base on their feet tonight, pumping their fists, popping the champagne, is the fact that one Robert Hag is signed to a two year deal, baby. Pop, pop. We got him locked down. Under one point five million. Locking down that hag. So, locking down that hag. If you want less than five million, like Andrew McDonald. If you want a guy with top seven potential, <laughs> you want if a guy. You want a guy who could probably play in the NHL. A guy who's a lock for our top eight this season. Well, I present you one, Robert Hag, and two years, one point one five million a year, and. We have some thoughts on it. I'm gonna let Steve go first because there's so many thoughts. I'll just let him. I'll let him just lead off with uh, what are your all your Robert Hack thoughts? Get them all nailed right now. I know you gotta talk. You'll be talking for like 20 minutes. So I'll go get a drink. I can count on you. <laughs> well, you know, Craig, Robert Hag 
sure is good at hitting hockey players and blocking shots. Yeah, that's pretty much what he does. He is a, uh, he's a, I think this is a good deal because it gives him two years to prove that he's going to be better than the people coming up in the pipeline. Right. I, I was talking with somebody a couple weeks about this saying like, yeah, I think Hag's going to sign soon. I'm like the very, very most I would want Hag to sign for is one and a half. If he signs for anything more than one and a half, I will freak out. But this deal is perfectly in that wheelhouse just fine you're not breaking the bank and look hag's a serviceable guy he yeah he fits in there he's he's not going to make the mistakes of a mcdonald he's he's certainly not a mark alt <laughs> or right. a johnny oduya so <laughs> both guys that had played for the flyers last year believe it or not technically yeah johnny oduya all those 12 minutes of fame but i uh, yeah i agree he's there is definitely a lot more excitement about him coming into this season, but they, we quickly found out he's probably not the best uh, in terms of territorial play, and he just doesn't have the highest ceiling, probably. He showed flashes of, uh, you know, his offensive abilities, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to rack up points, and he's not really uh doesn't, doesn't necessarily shut down people defensively, but his, uh, I think the eye test is a little bit better for him than the numbers. And, uh, and I think you'd like to see him ideally shut guys down defensively, because yeah. if you're going to be a guy who's not known for your offensive prowess as a defenseman, you'd think you should be a shutdown guy. So I yeah. would like to see Hag step up in the next year or two and really start to shut down guys more. Uh, we've got guys with offensive capability and he can pair well with a Gostas Bear or a Sanheim if he can be that shutdown guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I would take him, I don't know. I mean, he he's, I think he's a fine seventh defenseman right now. And I yeah. think it's going to get, it's going to be hard for him to, uh, cause I mean, they're, they're going to want to see what Marin can do. Uh, but he's not back till February. Yeah. He's so. not back till February. They're, they're going to want to see what Myers does. Uh, and, and Myers is, is really your big question mark coming yeah. into camp. Because... I mean, yeah, yeah. He, oh, coming in the camp. Definitely. I, yeah, think I mean, as far games. as like, but yeah, not... I, I think as far as making the top six right away goes, because Hag, I think, is going to get more of a chance to get there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's let's kind of break down what the expected pairings are. So you've got Prover off and Ghost. They'll probably put them back together because they were amazing last yeah, year. One of the best pairs in the league, probably. So Sanheim and McDonald were actually surprisingly effective together. Yeah, Sanheim was the only one that actually played good with McDonald. And then that would leave Hag and Gudis. Which sounds terrible. It sounds not good. Uh, and, I mean, what we're, I'm trying to think of like what the other pairings were. Because you could also... You could do Hag and McDonald, which isn't pretty. No. And Sandheim yeah, and that, Gudis. Yeah, and those those were the other two options that did seem to happen. And technically, I guess McDonald would be the, oh, the puck-moving guy on that pair. But they did. They did play. <laughs> I could really, I could hear the clenched teeth as yeah. you said that. I just, I'm, I'm thinking of all the, oh man, just some of the outlet passes is all, and how brutal they were, and how brutal they could be this year. So I. Oh sure, sure. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, you could break up 
the ghost Provoroth pairing, but you really don't want to, ideally, because I, they are just yeah. so good together. I don't want to either because I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I, I think. God, a Hag Gouda's pairing would be terrible, but the other two. Sandheim McDonald isn't amazing, but Sandheim posts pretty good numbers with McDonald, which is an anomaly, apparently. Like, just nobody else can do it. So, if you're going to have Ghost of Provolf, who are probably one of the like, top 10 pairs in the league when it comes to driving play and everything, and then Sandheim can actually make McDonald a passable defenseman for a good top four, then you just kind of roll with. The Hag and Gudis, and just kind of, I would hope you just utilize them as as penalty kill guys too. Uh, that would be that would be a, a rough third pairing, but I think I would trade that for the top four they have. I don't know. That would be that would be my guess for the six. But Myers, yeah, I don't know if Myers is able to jump over Gudis this year. Right, and I guess well, Myers, <laughs> I think his biggest chance of jumping over somebody is maybe Hag. Yeah, maybe Hag. Is he? Is he? Would he be waiver? Uh, would he be subject to waivers this year, Hag? God, um, I I think you, I think he is. I have to I have to look. No, actually, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think he has to play. I'm gonna try and use my computer here, which is gonna be. Yeah, a... I, I mean, you don't have to, Craig. You don't have to. <laughs> but really, really it, risk it, the my... podcast here, though. No, I, I'd rather not risk the podcast, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I, I only ask that because Hag, while he, you know, had some effective moments last year, yeah, I don't fair. even know. He's, he's just kind of there. Uh, there's nothing to say that Hag doesn't actually play with the Phantoms next year. And Myers plays with the Flyers instead. I would say my thing with that would be the handedness. That's the other reason why I think Hag and Gudis would be a fine third pairing is because they actually have a lefty and a righty. Uh, Not that that really matters, but I don't like I I I think it would just be like my thing, too. And I think they talked about this on the other show is if if Myers comes up, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be at the expense of Goose or McDonald. It would be at the expense yeah, of either Hag or somehow Sandheim, maybe even. So I, I don't know if Myers making the team this year is is gonna happen. I mean, we'll see though. I I, was, I think he's definitely. I'm gonna not make, betting on it. Yeah, I think he's definitely gonna play games. Oh man, I'm looking at the CBA right now on cap friendly. So it's a. Um, how old tag twenty two? Well, I think so. I'll look that up. <laughs> you you look up the CBA. I'll look up how old Robert Hag is. Let's see. He was born in nineteen ninety five. God damn it! And young kid. I'm old. And, so he's, uh, it's ten, eleven years. Yeah, I, he's not. He's he would have to go through waivers, I believe. Twenty three, right? So he would have to go through waivers. Okay. Uh, that makes a difference sometimes. Yeah, it does. No, it does. I, I think he's just going to be, I think he's just going to be the seventh guy this year. Although I don't know. Cause I mean, Oh, Fullen's going to be the seventh guy. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing is that's literally his job. Yeah. So, uh, so Hag is probably playing. Yeah. Uh, 
Sorry, popped up on the screen that Jordan Matthews was cut today. I didn't see that before today. Oh, but, oh he really um, went from top target to... To getting out of town, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um, but, so here's the one the one silver lining for Myers. Perhaps uh, due to a rumor that uh, a certain Twitter account of a semi-popular Flyers podcast may have tried to start today. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I, I was reading... Uh, Spectre's hockey, you know, they do the rumor yeah. every morning. And uh, one of them was uh, Bo- Bowman, uh, meaning from Chicago, didn't name any specific trade targets. However, oh, he envisioned yeah, yeah. a scenario in which a young player earns a roster spot with another team and becomes an impact player, forcing that club to consider moving a veteran. Yeah. Hmm. Guys, only, I think we have a match. If only there was a team that needed that, yeah. God, can you imagine the Blackhawks in the same offseason got Brandon Manning and Andrew McDonald? And what? then paired them together. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would, that would be fascinating. Now, I want it to happen. I yeah. want it to happen so badly. And actually, it'd be just as funny. Uh, it'd be a little funnier if it was McDonald, but it'd be yeah. almost as funny if it was Gudis. Yeah, because then it would definitely be like Manning and Gudis would definitely be a thing. Oh, 100%. And there, there would just be so many articles written about they've got chemistry, and then the little do they know the chemistry is just getting pounded every night. <laughs> the Bash Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all these hits, and then they ignore all the uh, all the goals and everything. So, have you ever seen so many hits from a Chicago Blackhawks? Oh my been? God, hits everywhere. Well, I mean, I, they did have Chris Chelios, right, guys? No, it's the Bash Brothers, Gudis and Manning, coming to a town near you. Probert also played for the Hawks, right? He was with the Red Wings and the Hawks. Bob Probert. Bob Probert. Although he Robert. wasn't... Uh, he was a lot more fighting than... Um, well, I guess he would probably lay out hits. He played hockey back uh, Back in the day. Were they were they properly counting hits back then as probably they, not. they are today because you know it's a very proper statistic that's yeah. got intense I, record keeping. I have no idea when when did hits even start getting counted. Like let's talk to our NHL historian. <laughs> I don't think we have one. <laughs> we definitely do not have one. <laughs> I I know a guy who could answer do you want to want me to get him on the line right now? Get him on the horn. I'm definitely not getting <laughs> this guy on the horn. All right. Yeah, he actually just played for the Red Wings and the Blackhawks, Bob Probert. And now I'm gonna look up the uh, one where hits. You look, you look that up, and I, <laughs> I texted you the insider, so you have a good chuckle over that. But uh... <laughs> I wonder if they track hits in the AHL. He probably would. I mean, he would keep track of that too. Um, most likely. Uh, but uh, while you look that up, I would also like to talk about the other major, major signing of the week. Guys, oh, can you tell babe. we're in August? Because we're definitely in August. <laughs> Matt Reed. Matthew James Reed. I don't think that's his middle name. Signed with the Minnesota Wild. The Wild brought Matt Reed home. Yeah, Matthew Cornelius Reed signs a uh, two-year deal for 650000 It's a two-way deal. So he's probably going to get a chance to make it out of camp, but he'll probably be with the Iowa Wild. And Matthew Jedediah Reed. <laughs> when you think of going back to sow his wild oats, 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 oats. <laughs> when you think oats. of 
the two craziest, you think of the two wildest places in America, what are the two states that come to your mind? I think That's Minnesota. Be, yeah. And I think Iowa. And I'm glad that hockey nailed it. Nothing it's like certainly it. not Florida and Nevada or California. California or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of those places. It's fucking Des Moines, Iowa, just off the hook. For the record, Florida is mainly wild due to the crazy people Florida who man. live there. Florida man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Well, I mean, we don't need to go over Florida's track record. Everybody knows Florida's track record. Something crazy happens. The game is Ohio or Florida. There's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Reed, though, only had one goal this season. Uh, it was with the Florida for 19 games. He had 19 points in 63 games last season. Uh, Dad he, he had a pretty strong start to his career, though. And then he started, fans started to hate him uh, because he wasn't scoring a ton of goals. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, always he, everything else seemed to be myself. fine. Yeah, I was yeah, a big I, Matt Reed fan. I, I always liked him. I always thought he was a fine player. But for some reason, people just put this expectation on him that he was supposed to be this, like, amazing wunderkind. Yeah. And I think no, he's... He's a fine bottom six guy. I don't really yeah. know what else you want. He was a good penalty killer. Uh, better than Belmar. Hot take. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Uh, better than Chris Salsaverde. But I think it's because he came into the league. He was one of those collegiate free agents. So people probably lost a show over that. And then also he had, I mean, his rookie season, he had 24 goals and finished fourth in Calder voting. So that probably, probably helped yeah. him up a little. But if this... I think we really need to start setting these collegiate free agents at a certain oh, level for expectation. Because absolutely. if you're expecting a top six forward out of these guys, you're probably going to be disappointed most of the time. We fire signed two of the biggest named ones over the last three years. And uh, first of all, do you know the two? Like it was... uh, Vecchioni. Yep, Vecchioni. And then the other one who actually did play a decent amount of games in the NHL this year. But not by design. It was because of of need. Was that Alex Lyon? Alex Lyon out of Yale. So, and he was regarded as like the best goaltending prospect that that year, uh, uh, 2016. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's you know. Well, you know Alex Lyon, by the way. He's the the bridge guy now until Carter Hart. I I believe so. Yeah. There's always a guy every couple of years who will come in and have just a a decent job done an emergency situation or something and people will cling to that guy like half oh, yeah. the fan base went ape shit over Layton, and that guy was like uh, yeah playing pretty much to the best possible like yeah. capability he <laughs> ever could and it was still like just pretty good yeah yeah we'll uh we'll actually talk about Layton in a second here of, Whoa, are we? I, I did not get the full yeah. look well, at our, our rundown today, yeah. so I'm excited. But but... I did I did want to continue. I wanted to say that Matt Reed, I, I think Matt Reed is probably one of, he was for a while one of my favorite players over the last couple of years. And if this, if we had started this podcast during the 2013-14 season, I'm pretty sure every episode would have just been me yelling about how good Couture and Matt Reed were. Because they were just guys that were uh you know, they're always paired together and they would always have to play with like, Oh my God, who they're always Dan stuck Carcillo. with Steve Downey, that Steve Downey was their line mate for 2013, 14. And they ended up, I think, I think uh, he finished with 
twenty something goals Matt Reed in twenty thirteen fourteen and him and Katoria were actually good penalty killers. Like the last year the Flyers actually had a penalty kill that was in the top half of the league. I think they finished like seventh or eighth in penalty kill percentage. But it was mainly because Katoria and Matt Reed killed it. And then I think they also used to ruin raffle. So surprisingly when you use good players on the penalty kill, uh, you know, the good, good things happen. Surprising. But um and then he got I mean, Matt Reed got hurt in twenty fourteen, fifteen, and then twenty fifteen, sixteen is when he really just started to kinda not produce anywhere near as much and pretty much everybody just started to hate him and his contract became kinda lumped in there with uh like McDonald's and all the other guys on the, the Flyers that you really just don't want to see here anymore. So I I think you kind of get a, a rough rap uh, the last couple of seasons here. But there was a while there where Matt, Matt Reed was a very serviceable player. And uh, I'm just upset he uh, kind of went out like this, I guess. But oh, well, as they say in the business, oh, well. hockey. So. <laughs> You know, that, that's hockey. That's, that's what that's the business way. says all the time. It, it's a shame that his Flyers career ended like it did. He was always a, a fine, serviceable player. I, I'll never understand why that se- segment of the fan base went crazy about Reed. And it's the same segment that really hates Michael Roffel. And it's just yeah. like. Just uh, puck possession guys that just don't put up a lot of goals. I think it's because they each had one season where they did put up a ton of goals. And that, then they just didn't. They were never able to duplicate it, so it's kind of like, where did that go? Because Raffle had a, oh, didn't he have a 20-goal season back in uh, the down year, the 2014-15 season, I think? So I, I think people are just kind of frustrated that he hasn't been able to go back and do that again. And it's a thing where, like, I remember when Raffle's deal came out, people were bitching about how it was too much, mon- too much money, and I think he made under $3 million. And right, <laughs> you're making like under three not, mil. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not really like a you know end of the world. So uh, yeah, I, I don't. Pretty much, if you don't, we found out this with the uh, the across the league top twenty five under twenty five who didn't have Provorov on their list somehow. But I think if you don't put up points, it's a big knock on you. Pretty much just across the so like Matt Reed was able to kill penalties. He had a pretty decent wrist shot too, and he did put up goals at one time. But once he started putting up points, people just you know that that was the end of Matt Reed being good. And Ivan Provorov does the same thing where he just I mean we watch Ivan Provorov all the time and we see he's a monster, but I think it's because he just doesn't put up insane point totals. You know, led the league in goals at five on five I think this year. But he just didn't have an insane amount of assists as well. So people just kind of, I just don't know how Provorov would be one of the top 25 players under 25 across the league. I mean, look. It's it's insane. And it's always a conundrum when people judge defensemen by points, frankly, because it's not their primary objective at all times. They're certainly different defensemen. And this also goes the other way, where certain people yeah. will devalue defensemen who put up points. Uh, see some of the Carlson and Subban debate that's been out there. It, it's kind of silly either way. You kind of, I don't know, you have to judge each defenseman on their body of work and kind of look at it on case by case basis. But uh, and sometimes Flyers fans will get mocked for our love of Provorov. I saw this weird 
one of the biggest mistakes of my life recently is finding the like Instagram discover tab. Oh, oh God. And I I saw this idiot. I'm the dumbest man alive. (laughs) Let me tell you. But I found this thing where like this weird meme where somebody will take like a video game controller and they'll kind of assign different buttons for like different teams like uh like penguins fans irrationally boo kessel or like oh, the flyers yeah. one it was like one of them was like flyers fans throw bracelets on the ice flyers fans throw batteries on the ice and then one of the options was flyers fans whine that Provorov should win the norris i'm like yeah i mean you know uh you know not yet he's slowly making his way towards that I, it's his style of game just lends itself to be a like we're about to I mean we're going to talk about Chris Bronner in a little bit but he kind of lends himself to that type of guy like I think of that St. Louis game where the Flyers had the Flyers had the top pairing was Proveroff and Hag that night I think and then Sanheim and I don't remember uh, Manning. I think it was Manning. Yeah, Sanheim and Manning, and then Mark Alt and Will O'Neill were in the lineup, and Provov was able to kind of dictate that, that entire game, and he blocked a ton of shots, and he kind of directed the play the entire night. And I picture that's we're going to see more of those types of games over the years from Provov, and he's going to be the guy that maybe doesn't put up a crap ton of points, and maybe doesn't have elite possession numbers, but he's going to be a guy that's going to log 25 to 30 minutes a night. And is just able to kind of run the defense and kind of slow down or not necessarily slow down the game, but kind of uh, alter the game to the style of play he wants. Like that's what I picture Provorov with. And it's a thing that if you don't watch, you just don't see. And the Flyers haven't had deep playoff runs yet. You know, it's one of those things where you don't really know, you know, Seth Jones was talked about, a lot in Nashville, but he didn't really see it until the 2015 postseason. Victor Hedman's is always talked about, but you didn't really see him kind of control play until they had their deep run in 2015 too. It's just one of those things where I think if they start making the playoffs more, people will start to see the Provorov thing more. People are going to see it. They're going to they start I mean, the playoffs more. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, the but, guy's playing 20 plus minutes a night. Easy. That's a good night. He's playing only 20 plus minutes. I mean, during that one yeah. streak when the Flyers had maybe two professional defensemen on the roster. He was at 20 plus. Tw- yeah. Yeah. 25 plus. That Blues game was insane. Yeah. That Blues game. And that was the game a night after he played, I think, like 29 minutes. And so he played over. He almost played an entire game in back to back days. And he, uh, yeah, p- people will see it. I mean, it. The, the, I mean, the goals are there. I don't know if he's going to duplicate those goals again, but still, he put up an insane amount of goals. And I mean, once you put better players on the team, it's not like he's not going to get more assists. So people, yeah, people see it. His his underlying numbers too aren't like insane yet, but they they'll get there. Um. Uh. So the there are two other bits of uh, Flyers news, and very. Not really too much you can expand on for either of these things, but we'll we'll go over them. So uh, Barry Hanrahan uh, was named the vice president. Uh, he has been considered the cap guy, like the Flyers cap guy for a while. And he was uh, an assistant general manager, which he will remain. But he has also been dubbed the um, the vice president. And that's uh, that's that's pretty much that news story. Like that's that's it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. He's been with the team forever. 
Uh, he's been with the Flyers since 1997, 98. Um, when he they call him Hammer Hands, right? When he was, yeah, <laughs> Barry Hammerhand. Uh, he was also the assistant to the GM for a while. So he had the Dwight Schrute role from 97 to 2005. And then when, before he was with the Flyers, he was with the Lightning. But also, uh, Broad Street Hockey used to really hate him because it did seem like he didn't understand the cap at all when it came to handing out contracts. So, What is the salary cap? It did not seem like the Flyers knew what the salary cap was yeah. for a while. So he... It's very strange to see them with the projection for ten mil in space going into the season. Right oh now. yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a weird situation. Yeah, that that's ten million, and they don't they don't need to do anything else, which is it's not that, that's really insane. when you think about where they were uh, even three years ago, the twenty fifteen off season, and it's just a it was a completely different animal. Uh, but yeah, I I, I mean they've done Hextall has done a really good job of getting out of that getting out of that mess and uh and no thanks to hammer hands no thanks to hammerhead barry over here and the shark the, the shark is what <laughs> his name was the hammerhead shark just has, I hope the tiger does, shark he does have just like an insane he's just like the 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 biggest drinker like in the flyers front office like he's always just out they always go out to get a drink and he always gets like 10 beers and it's like oh there goes hammerhead again just losing his mind <laughs> Um, I, I'm glad we're coming up with fake nicknames for for the Flyers front office. For the Flyers front office, and specifically their salary cap guru. <laughs> I can't. I can't think of a good nickname for Chris Pryor. Be out of a Paul Holmgren is Homer, and then Homer. Chris. Pryor. I, I know it's Homer, but it was just. I believe it was Pinaccio who always used to write it as like Homer. Yeah. 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 Oh man, Pinaccio. R.I.P. R.P.D. to Tim Panaccio. You know we we miss him every day. He was uh, he was probably the the key part of taking it to the beats. Yeah, he was a, a main component. I mean, we still have another one there. You know, good old uh, slamming Sammy Carcitti. Well, and and we have perhaps the newest insane member in Boric. Oh yeah, John Boric. Yeah, the talking suit. Yeah, he's definitely a big. He's a big. But like that. There, there's a certain wholesomeness to a Panaccio or a Slam and Sa- Sammy post. Like it, you can kind of tell it comes from like a, a point of innocence, like it's a point just, of innocence. Yeah, yeah. Like, like just good natured dum dumbness. Where it's like Boric's feels like there's malicious intent. Fight. Yeah, he's trying to start like a bar fight. That's pretty much what it is. That's what 100%. that's what it feels like. Some of those things you can't believe, like the the gossip fear and the connect they hate kind of thing. <laughs> some of those things you can't believe, like global warming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's got a point, all right? I'm with him on that. <laughs> you know, I heard this. the book is still out on science. I can't wait until his Flat Earth argument this year. That's going to be pretty good in, like, December. If John Boric comes out as a Flat Earther, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I, I will. That, I, don't, I don't think we're I, doing a whole episode on that. <laughs> if it happens. We don't know. We don't, you know. And you can believe whatever you want. If you want to think the world's flat or round or whatever, you know, I, you know, if only there was substantial evidence I, leaning towards one way, but there are, there are <laughs> many things. Okay. That I am totally like, Hey, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you do you. All right. 
That is Flat not Earth one of them. Flat Earther is definitely a draw the line for me. That is a, what is wrong with I you? Love, Are you out of your mind? I just love like all the stuff that's come out. And then there's just a segment of people that's like, no, you know what? They're all lying. I don't really, you know, I don't believe it. I don't believe all the satellite images. We're not, I don't believe it. The, I'm not trusting the government. Like Kyrie Irving and like B.O.B. And there's like another like set of like random like famous people are just like, you know what? I think that thing's flat. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out one day, you know. I, if only I we mean, had the technology. If only we were, you know. If only I could just get in a boat and not <laughs> fall off the earth. <laughs> earth just flying around the solar system like a big waffle, just rotating over top of itself like a, a gigantic waffle. Not spinning or anything, just, you know. Well, you're speaking, of course, of the ego theorem. Yes. Yes, of course I am. I've, I mean, yes. Uh, in a room full of educated people, as we are, and our listeners are, I, th- I assume that you already knew that, but I guess you had to announce it. So, you know, here we are talking about Flat Earth and uh, all its beauty. August hockey, baby. Speaking of Flat Earth. That's a segue right there. It's a terrible segue because it doesn't make sense. Dean Lombardi could have joined the, the Canucks front office this week. <laughs> but then he realized, oh, it's the Canucks front office. Yeah, I, I'm pretty, I'm of the mind that he just, he says there, so the situation was Trevor Linden uh, was let go by Vancouver. He led the hockey operations department for four years. Apparently Vancouver reached out to Dean Lombardi. Lombardi says he has no ops in Philly for three years. He's been here for one year now. I am pretty sure if the fly, if he wanted to, he could have gone, but this was his way to politely say, I'm not fucking going to Vancouver. <laughs> I need good. that's a hard pass. <laughs> you signed Jay Beagle for how long? Because I'm going to stay in Philadelphia then. So I they just yeah, I mean I feel like the Canucks right now are there aren't many teams you would rather not want to run besides the Canucks, right? Because I mean who Yeah, they're definitely very low on the list of interest that's for sure you know actually we could we could talk about that real quick is a team the teams that are furthest away from the cup so not not just the worst teams in the league because usually you need to bottom out before you get better but just teams that it's going to take a while for them to bottom out like the Canucks like like the Canucks Edmonton sucks but they have Connor McDavid yeah they have Connor they're always going to be in the conversation yeah, I was trying they to have think. Milan Lucic, so they're always going to be in there. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I think. See, I still think the, the I, the Devils stepped out of that conversation for me last year, but I definitely thought they were out there because they have they had nobody, and then Corey Schneider just steal games for them, so they could, so they could really truly never reach rock bottom before they started trending up. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like other teams though. Uh, Arizona is not worse than Vancouver. Arizona, I think, should be. Arizona I, might be the most hopeless, though. Yeah, I mean, they've always, yeah, they're always just. They know, made a couple nice moves this off season, but, but they're they still always, nowhere close. Yeah, they. I feel like they always do that, though. Like last year, they made a couple decent moves, and it just didn't. Just didn't fucking matter. Like I thought the Jalmerson trade was fine, and it just ended up not being. You know, you know who the furthest away is. It's Ottawa. Yeah, see, Ottawa's a good example, too, because they, because, man, like, you, if you think it's bad now, next next season, for all the shit they've 
they've gone through over the last year, like next season is going to be worse. Like it just right. Carlson won't be there. Carlson won't be there. Stone might be there, but it will be a real like that might be an entire thing. And they're going to suck and they're going to maybe be the worst team in the league and they might win the first overall pick and they're not even going to get to keep it. So, yeah, the Senators are the best example of this. I think the Canadians are another good one, too, because they're going to have. They're getting worse every year. Yeah, and they need to they, they keep making deals and they need to um, like like Shea Weber's deal. And they're going to have Weber and Price for a while, so it's going to take them a little bit of time before they truly hit rock bottom. Unfortunately, the Rangers looked like they were going to kind of head that way, too, but they were smart and made some moves and that had a pretty good draft. So I'm not, I wouldn't put them, but I think like the, connect- they're a couple of years away, but they, you know, they made some good moves. They're, they're probably more middle of the pack. Yeah, probably. So it's probably Canucks senators and Canadians are probably like the teams, the teams in the worst. Team. Oh, actually the Red Wings. Oh my God. The Red Wings. Cause they have all the, they have all those guys signed up for locked up forever. And they're all very middling to bad players. And they have like Danny the Kaiser locked up forever and Glenn Denning locked up forever. And they don't, they have some good players coming up, but it's not really enough to kind of cancel out how many bad players they have. So Detroit could be there now too, which, I mean, if you're a Red Wings fan, that, whatever. I mean, you've seen a million cups anyway, so who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Bunch it, of bums. Because they're a couple of years of sucking. Just ask me so, the Royals fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just had a huge fire sale too. Yep. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a cool decade coming up. After uh fourteen of the last seventeen years being really painful, it's uh, gonna be another cool decade coming up for this this Baltimore house, baby. Could add all those Phillies prospects, but then they had to go and give Machado the Dodgers, so I yeah, I would have rather Machado go to the uh the Phillies. I mean, cause yeah, I think we've talked about this before too, but like I, I got nothing against the Phillies. I like the Phillies and a lot of fun when they won in 08 because that was my freshman year of college and I was in Philly for that. So that was pretty cool. And I mean, also, it's just different leagues. So, like, who, like, the Phillies and Orioles never really go off against each other except for the uh, 83 World Series. So, that's, uh, so yeah, the, that being said, Dean Lombardi is staying with the Flyers. Uh, <laughs> we, Hooray. Yeah, we've Hooray. talked about that before. Like, he is just, uh, not really a big fan of Lombardi. Because the way he, hand, he handled both Richards and Voinoff. It's so funny because a few years back, it would have been like, Dean Lombardi's one of the best GMs in the game. Yeah. Well, I think I really, because Hextall's tenure here, you kind of have to wonder. Like, you just wonder how much was Hextall in the room commenting, like, kind of swaying opinions and how much was really Lombardi. Like, Lombardi, you can't right, right. discredit Lombardi to a full extent, but when you look at some of the decisions he made after Hextall left, it's kind of like, what like what was he i don't know you could see who the brains of the operation was. yeah it, it kind of felt like that and i mean hexel's been doing hexel's been doing pretty well here despite some popular belief but uh let's go so so we'd bring up Bronger and layton and it's because of uh this greg washinsky article where he talked about the top 10 least deserving NHL award winners over the last 20 years. And the only one that I wanted to talk about because it relates to the Flyers was the 2010 Conn Smythe where Jonathan Taves won it and Wyshynski believes that Chris Pronger should have won it. And 
Real quick bit of trivia, Steve. I don't know if you've looked. Did you look at this list yet? The four... Did not look at this list okay, yet. Okay, so if Chris Pronger was to have won the Conn Smythe, he would have been the second skater to ever win the Conn Smythe on a losing team. Do you know who the other one was? Another former er, another former flyer. That was Rick McLeish. Reggie Leach. Reggie Leach. I, would, oh, I, I, always, do I that. always yeah. I always get those two. Not confused. Both I great. always like say them, but like, yeah. They're very like interchangeable to me because we just weren't alive back then. They're like both like monster players. Yeah. Reggie Leach in nineteen seventy six when the Flyers lost the Canadians. I don't know. I think he has some obnoxious like he had like 24 points in 15 games or something obnoxious it was real dumb like i went back and looked up the stats so uh and then four goalies have won the con smythe on the losing team and i another former flyer and then somebody in the 2000s and then two other guys who i don't expect you to get but you have any idea on the four the only one i really remember is i i know it was ron yeah. Ron Hextall uh, in 87 was just yep. unbelievable. Just unbelievable. The only reason the Flyers really hung with the Oilers in that series. Yeah. And I think, was it that series that Gretzky said Hextall was the Flyers or the best goal he's ever played against? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, do you know who the one in the 2000s was? Uh, Slash, do you want to take a guess at the two guys in the 60s? I don't want to take a guess at the two guys in the 60s. So the two guys in the 60s were Roger Cogier for the Red Wings in 1966 and then Glenn Hall for the Blues in 1968. Okay, so the so we're talking goalie in the 2000s? Goalie in the 2000s. And we Losing had, team, right? Yes, and we would have wished he was on the winning side because of who won. Was it against the Devils? It was against the Devils. Was it Gaguerre? It was J.S. Gaguerre, yes. All right. Boom. All right, you worked your way to that. That was pretty nice. Good work. Thank you. Really bad. Yeah. Um, so those were the four guys. I Like, I think it would, be, it would have been a stretch, but you can definitely understand the argument for Pronger. And as two Flyers fans, let's talk about how Pronger should have won that award. I think uh, Pronger, well, you know what's funny? So we're saying Pronger, but I remember the talk in 2010 was that it actually should have been Briere because Briere I mean, had such an unbelievable playoff run. Yeah, Briere did have an insane run too. Uh, Pronger's effect, like Pronger was just more of a, a kind of a storyline King Kong over this this whole series. Where, uh, uh, yeah. you know, Storyline King Kong is definitely not a common phrase. I just kind of <laughs> threw that out there. Although I'm pretty sure Pinaccio called uh, Pronger King Kong at one point. Hey, but yeah. he, he towered over everything. Like his shadow was felt on every different storyline because it was yeah. him versus Bufflin, him versus Kane, him stealing the puck. It was all about Pronger. Yeah, his that I think of a lot of things. When I think of 2010, I think a lot of things about Pronger. In that fun. I think of his... He laid out Taves and Kane in that final, and then he, I mean, he did get laid out by Buffalo, but whatever. He did also, remember the whole, uh, somebody was talking shit, and he did the whole hand, you know, keep talking thing. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was in game one. Uh, everything with the pucks, all the stuff with the media after game two to kind of sway the focus away from uh, Bartulis and Parent kind of sucking, or Ryan Parent kind of sucking too. 
The oh, thing oh. about Briere in that's in that run though, Briere had 30 points in 23 yeah, games, 12 I mean, goals, 18 assists. Yeah. He went nuts. I honestly would argue Briere, Pronger, then Taves. Yeah, I mean I could see that. Taves Taves did And honestly, have, I'd probably give it to Buffalo over Taves. Taves did have a monster postseason now. I think he had like 25 points in 23 games. Like he had a pretty good season too, but or I mean postseason too, but I think I mean Pronger's effect on that entire like every Flyers game was was pretty evident because he like oh yeah what I was trying to say before about Proveroff that was actually what Pronger does and he did it every single game in that postseason because that was they were the the effect it has (laughs) the effect it has for the team too is it draws all the attention to him so then the other guys aren't you know like he becomes the only focal point in the media so if some guy's struggling Ryan Parent then nobody's really going to start questioning that they're going to be more like hey Chris where's the puck at that kind of stuff yeah and when the game needed to be slowed down he slowed it down and he did pretty good managing the power play like he just did everything right in that 2010 and he just he had an ability to just kind of carry mediocre or, or just above average teams deep in the postseason because he did it earlier with the did before the Oilers and then the year before he uh, I think the Ducks were an eight seed and they beat the Sharks and then they took the the wings the seven games it's like he just once the, once a Chris Pronger team gets to the postseason they just he was able to to just carry them pretty far in the postseason. He was the man. Absolutely. Yeah, he was, he was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, pretty, Chris, I, Chris, Chris, take away from this podcast. Chris Pronger, pretty good at hockey. Pretty good. You know, this is what you guys get. Decent, decent at hockey. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, Jonathan Taves had 29 points in 22 games. So okay. he did have an excellent so, yeah. and uh, definitely award winning postseason. However, eh, seven goals, 22 assists. You know, assists aren't points. I'll hang up and listen. But, <laughs> <laughs> I um I was looking at some of the other award winners on the list too, and it was uh I think he said in the 2016 postseason Phil Kessel should have won the Conn Smythe instead of Sidney Crosby, which I can get behind. I also think in 2017 Malkin should have won instead of instead of Crosby. Like I think Crosby was probably he was definitely the second or third best player on each of those runs, but I think each time like I think Kessel in 2016 was nuts, and I think Malkin last season was played out played out of his mind too and i'm just uh you know i wonder you know you know maybe uh somebody uh maybe carlsby should have won this awards that's all i'm saying and then uh the i don't even remember what the other i didn't care about the other one some of them were like from years ago when we were in elementary or middle school and i just didn't really you know kind of hard to break down those arguments because I wasn't as close to the game. If that makes sense. Like it's a lot easier now, but back then it was probably a. Uh, now you're an adult and not a child. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm not. You know, in, in theory. In yeah. theory. <laughs> yeah, age-wise, I am definitely older, but I'm still the same idiot, uh, intelligence-wise. But that's uh, that's Greg Wachinski, uh Greg Wachinski article that wasn't about uh, the devil getting robbed or something. So there you go. Uh, and then, I heard he yeah. likes the Devils. I, I have heard this before. I haven't caught on to that at all. You know, I forget who he wanted to win the heart. Um, when you look at, you want to talk about, uh, you want to talk about arbitration, or you want to talk about Tom Wilson, which would then lead to our game. 
Oh, let's take out the trash. Time to talk about Tom Wilson. <laughs> let's fill the trash can. Tom Wilson. Let's fill the trash can with five million dollars. Over five million for six years. Five oh, Tom point, Wilson. Five point one six six million a year over six years. Now, let's briefly defend Tom Wilson. No. He had a pretty good postseason. Uh main reason the Cavs won the cup. And that's it. There you go. Those are the main. <laughs> that's actually like no joke. I was look. I'm trying to look at the numbers because when you you listen to Cavs fans talk, they uh, they really love they really love Tom Wilson, and we all watched. Everybody watched a lot of the Cavs this year, and I don't see it. I like I get intangibles, and I get heart and everything. And if you need a heart and great guy on the top line playing with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. I don't think he's worth over five million. You probably don't need to pay him five million if he's going to put up thirty-five points in his in the regular season. Uh, and I think he had he did have I think fifteen points during the playoffs, which you know no power play time. That is pretty good. That is good. But again, consider who he was playing with, and also he should be putting up that if he's playing on that line. And I mean like Ovechkin. I mean Ovechkin because Netsoff were just on fire this postseason. Not. Those guys are pretty good. Yeah, I don't think it was because of it wasn't because of Tom Wilson. Oh, uh, you know, Tom Wilson. Let me tell you about Tom Wilson. He's just clearing the path. This guy, Tom Wilson, <laughs> clears the way. You can call him Mr. Plow because he's out there making sure there's a clear path for Alex Ovechkin. Ovi, as I like to call him. Good friend. And <laughs> like who's nets off who, you know, I call him Kutsi and He's clearing the path for Ovi and Kutsi, and they're scoring all these goals because Tom Wilson, Mr. Plow himself, is out there doing his job. Alex Ovechkin, or as I like to call him, the great eight, really had a monster postseason. For, for the record, uh, Hockey Gruden is now a regular feature on this podcast. Oh, yeah, we're going to make that happen. That's fine by me. All right. He just <laughs> talks about grit and hustle and likes everybody. It'll fucking love, he would love Tom Wilson. And I, I really want to add hockey Gruden and put him in with, so we're going to clone John Gruden, but raise him on hockey instead of football <laughs> and then stick him in the glass with Pierre. And then Pierre can go be like, Hey doc, let me tell you all about this guy's detailed childhood. And then hockey Gruden can just be like, no, 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 this guy, let me tell you why this guy's good because I just watched him and he's got more heart and hustle in his left thumb than some guys having their entire body. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, this Mad Martin guy, he, he reminds me of Martin Lawrence, and he's a he's a bad boy, all right. And wow. I mean it's just crazy. Did, did right? you just did you just create Matt Martin Lawrence? <laughs> I believe I did. <laughs> I think John Gruden, if there was a hockey John Gruden out there, I think that would be pretty entertaining to watch. I just think of the uh, John Gruden Twitter account and just think of things that would go just pretty just pretty much, I'm just going, wow. That I mean, that's crazy. It just blows your mind, man. And I'm just talking about, like, <laughs> fucking Cal Clutterbuck or something. Wow, man. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck, what a name. This, what this a guy, Cal Clutterbuck. Let me tell you about Cal Clutterbuck. He want to go to battle. He want to go to battle with somebody. Let you me tell you about Clucker. <laughs> Cal Clutterbuck. Oh. Uh, but, okay, so... I, intangibles is a thing. 
as much as I talk about the numbers. It, Tam- it is. It is a th- no, it is a thing, but it's not over $5 million a year type thing. No, no. And and, he also, it, he had good numbers. He had good numbers this season. If you look at his other seasons, they weren't anywhere near as good as this one. And even this season, they weren't like amazing. And he There's played, a good reason for that, because he played with Alex Ovechkin for a good chunk yeah, of the no, season. He, yeah, he played, exactly. He played most of the season on the top line. With the Vashkin and Kuznetsov. So he, his possession numbers were good this year, but he definitely wasn't the one driving the play. Like, And when you look at his numbers away from Vashkin and, and Kuznetsov, they both do a lot better away from him than he did away from those two. So, Ooh, here's a good headline. Tom Wilson knows the game is changing and his playing style must change with it. He definitely does not no, know That's this. not going to happen. Yeah, that's the thing is he's just going to get... I mean, he, he got suspended... He got suspended. I think he only got suspended once during the 20 this postseason, right? But he had like three <laughs> just qu- once, just one. He had three insanely questionable hits, though, was the thing. That's why I was wondering if it was two. But he had uh, he got suspended in the Penguins series because he had two games in a row where he had headshots, blindside headshots. I guess so. I guess the league was like, well, we have to give him something, and then he had a couple uh. I'm pretty sure I had a couple of hits against the Golden Knights that were kind of iffy. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a contract that they uh, they aren't a big fan of. And, again, you know, he did have a big postseason, but you don't always reward the big postseason. Uh, what, like that, Leno? Yeah, or Brian Bickle. or Like, Brian Bickle, I think, is the perfect... Like, Brian Bickle, I think, is the perfect uh, argument for this this contract being a bad contract. Because I'm pretty sure Brian Bickle needed a contract as of the 2013 postseason run. And Brian Bickle put up a crap ton of points. And I think he was playing with Taves. And then the Blackhawks gave him a lot of money. And then you know what happened to uh, Brian Bickle? He ended up <laughs> getting traded to the Hurricanes. He also, you know, suffered from a pretty serious uh, injury. but uh, Or disease, I mean. And uh, that was a whole thing. But he wasn't like he wasn't good before or after that uh, that postseason. So it's possible players can have one good postseason and then they just aren't anything anywhere else in the rest of their career. And to make fun of this contract, because we're Flyers fans, I made a game. Uh, I have seven players here, Steve. And this is of the... Of all the forwards who have played 350 games or more since the 2013-14 season, which is when Tom Wilson started, uh, only 35 players have scored 70 goals or less. 35 forwards, I should say, have scored 70 goals or less and played 350 games or more. Tom Wilson is one of those 35 with 35 goals in 391 games. The rest of these players are also on that list, and I want you to tell them, tell me if they have more goals than Tom Wilson or less goals than Tom Wilson. Ooh. And ironically, we're actually... Speaking of, we're going to go with two names that we've already mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> so, get ready. It's a good time. Uh, the first one, Tom Wilson or Cal Clutterbuck? I'm going to go with Clutterbuck. Correct. Do you know how many goals? Clutterbuck's got? 368 games since 2013-14. How many goals do you think he has? How many goals I mean, do you think he has? It's, it's under 70, right? Under 70. 47. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Is it exactly 47? It's exactly 47. Yes. That was that was a shot in the dark. Yes, 47 and 368 games. That's pretty impressive. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, So, Steve uh, apparently is going to fucking kill this game. So, let's move on to question number two. Oh, that's the only thing I'm getting right. (laughs) Six more. See if we get the goal totals right. Tom Wilson or Matt Martin? Matt Martin Lawrence. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with with Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Correct. Uh, Do you know how many goals Matt Martin has? In 369 games. Thirty-two. Thirty-four. My man, you are you are not doing bad when it comes to really bad players. Goal totals. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Seventy is a wide range, so you know. Uh okay. Uh so one for two. Uh number three. I can't wait to be wildly off on one. <laughs> Tom Wilson or Trevor, not Claude Giroux Lewis. Ooh. Ooh boy. This is a tough one. Uh, because I don't know shit about Trevor Lewis. Do you think anybody knows anything about Trevor Lewis? Trevor Lewis might be the most, like, plain, boring player in the league. He's got to be up there. For that reason, I'm going to go with everybody's favorite player, Tom Wilson. Incorrect. Trevor Lewis. 371 games. Take a take a hot shot at how many uh, how many goals he has. 41. 49, Steve. Not even close. Read a book. Number four. All right, so you're one for three. Uh, number four, Tom Wilson or Daniel Winnick? Tom Wilson. Daniel Winnick. How many goals? Uh, he had 39 and 384. You you just went for it. You just gave me the total. I'll I'll, I'll give I'll give you yeah three more. I'll, I'll give you. I'll let you answer the rest of these. So, I think you're uh, I think you're one for yeah you're one for four. You're not doing too great. No no no. I got two of them. Well, you Why said you recounting nerdlinger. You said Clutterbuck. Uh, did you say Clutterbuck? Yeah, you said Clutterbuck. And then uh, Wilson had more, and then Trevor Lewis had more, and then uh, Daniel Winnick had more. Yeah, so I got the first two. Oh, okay. Yes, you did. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. my God. Go back to math school. <laughs> I should read a book before I forget how. Do better uh, maths. <laughs> Number five. Number five, Tom Wilson or Kyle Brodziak? This is a tough one, which is uh, sh- show you how bad this uh, this contract is. God. Brodziak or Wilson? Well, I've gone for Wilson two in a row. Let's make it an even three. Well, you're an idiot because it's Kyle Brodziak. Do you know God damn it. Tom Wilson, <laughs> you're disappointing me. Why, where's your five mil from? <laughs> 380 games. How many, uh, how many, uh, how many ones, how many cold ones did uh, Kyle Brodziak pot? 37. 42. You're kind of close. I'll give it to you. You're kind of close. Kind of close. God damn it. Number six, Tom Wilson or Captain Derek McKenzie? Captain Derek, who the hell is Derek McKenzie, the captain of Florida Panthers? Are you serious? I, unless I am losing my mind, the last time I checked, he is captain of the Florida Panthers. It's not a uh, Roberto Luongo. I, I think it would be if he was a skater, but no, he was the captain of the Canucks one time. It was, was a disaster. Yeah, uh, yes. Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if it was because of him. Well, uh, you know what? 
Yeah, it was a debacle. It was a thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him being the captain was definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah. It was a real slobber knocker. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I'm going for Tom Wilson. I don't think Derek McKenzie's ever scored an NHL goal. I've never even heard his name. Uh, Is that his name? (laughs) I already forgot it. Derek Bob McKenzie. Derek McKenzie is his name, and, and he's been the, the captain of the Florida Panthers for the last two seasons. That shows how much I know about the Panthers. Jack shit. Well, I mean, Tom Wilson They're moving to Quebec goals. in a year. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Who cares? Tom Wilson does have more goals. Do you know how many goals Derek McKenzie has in 374 games since 2013-14? 17. 29. <laughs> and he's the captain of an NHL I am, team. I am shitting all over Derek McKenzie. That's fine. You should. Two seasons as captain, how many goals do you think he has? He's played 157 games. 157 games of my calculation. You say 17? 17. You're giving him too much credit. Seven. You, you need to give him a little more credit. Nine. Nine. He scored nine goals over the last two seasons. There we go. Third time's a charm. So maybe, like... You know, intangibles are wildly appropriate. Like, if you made, well, Tom Wilson of the captain of the Capitals would be hilarious. I think, I mean. I honestly, I if they it. hadn't won the cup this year. Oh, man. Oh, man. I could see it happening. <laughs> like, Ovechkin like still in his monster postseason. Like, he still had, like, 12 goals. They lose in seven games to the Knights. And then uh, <laughs> Brian McClellan and uh, Ted Leonser is like, yeah, we got to shake things up. Uh, think of Etchkin as a leader just isn't working. Uh, we got to gotta bring some Trade grit Trade him here. to Arizona. <laughs> Trade him to Arizona for Phil's Craig's dream. And uh, we'll get uh, we'll get good old, good old Free Willy uh, leading the charge here. See, if Arizona was smart, th- this is when they'd really build up so they could have that rivalry with uh... – with the Knights, but we, as we know, Arizona is not smart. Yeah, John Jacobs. Uh, John Jacobs made some all right moves. The host of trade, the the contract part doesn't make sense because Henestrosa is a pretty like he'll be a pretty decent player. And our, NHL uh, teams stop taking teams shitty contracts. Yeah, stop helping out other teams. What are you doing? Like he, they're stop. in your conference too. I don't understand that. Uh, and like it wasn't like they got like a blue chip prospect either. No offense to Vinny Henestros, it would be fine, but it's not like they got Schmaltz or somebody. Uh, anyway, last one, Steve, and this will be the biggest, the the big marquee matchup with the two names here: Tom Wilson or Ryan Reeves. Oh. And again, oh boy, again, this is a real heavyweight battle. Yeah, again to kind of support the Cavs' craziness when it comes to intangibles, or not. It's stupidity, but Ryan Reeves traded for a first and then traded again. He was traded twice this year. Teams felt the need that they need to add playoff teams need to add him to their roster, and he was he played in the finals. So Ryan Ryan Reeves or Tom Wilson, who had, who had more goals since twenty thirteen fourteen. This one's got to be Wilson, right? It is Wilson. How many did Reeves have? Reeves played. 367 games. He has the, according to Hockey Reference, he has the least amount of goals for people who have played 350 games or more since 2013-14. How many goals do you think Brian Reeves has? Sixteen. Twenty-two. 
I, you know, I wasn't that far off. No, you one. weren't. I mean, 22 goals. That's bad. Uh, I, here's my stance. It's not great. I'll say that. It's more than Ronaldo, right? <laughs> of course it's more than Ronaldo. What are you... I'm pretty sure Ronaldo... I don't know how many games Ronaldo has played since 2013-14. But he... Well, let's... I'm going to look at his career goals. Yeah. And... Yeah, because he's... He's got 14 career goals well, like, in 328 games. Yeah, see, so he hasn't even played 350 games yet. Still, no. 14. <laughs> you know, to be better than Ryan Reeves, he would. He has... Uh, by the way, signed by the Predators uh, he, almost immediately, Zach Ronaldo. Yeah. So he would need to score nine goals in his next 50. He'd need to score nine goals in the next 53 games, NHL games, to be better well, than Ryan Reeves. That's not happening. David Poyle knows something we don't, so I think it is. I don't think he does. <laughs> Maybe he does. Who knows? But uh, yeah, Zach Ronaldo. Normally, I normally I would say Poyle does, but here I'm still stunned he made this move. Poyle also did add a Harry Zollner chuck the year they went to the Cup. So I, you know, I maybe he just has an affinity for uh, really shitty flyers like fourth line players. I know, bro. Shitty dudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Harry Zollner chuck had a whole pass for you, uh, you know. Filmed his, filmed a friend's girlfriend having sex or something. Do you remember that? As one does. Yeah, you know, we've all been painted in that corner. But I think he, yeah, it was a whole thing. And then uh, I don't, I forget if it went to court. I don't know. It was a whole thing. Harry's older Chuck, though. First class guy. Let's talk about, uh, oh, yeah, Corey Hirsch's tweet about Tom Wilson was a, uh, is, I think this is the mindset of the 200 hockey men. Like the guys that are just. A guy, the guys who are at the top of a lot of organizations. So he tweeted this. He works for Sportsnet, by the way, Corey Hirsch. Anyone that thinks Tom Wilson isn't worth every penny he got, I would like you to go in a corner of a rink in a game with him. Then come talk to me. Easy to say, sitting in the press box, eating popcorn. Now, Steve, as you've said many times in this podcast, if you're sitting in the, the, the press box at a Flyers game, you're not going to be eating popcorn. What would you be eating? You're eating a flyer-shaped pretzel. There you on. go, of course. And also... Again, we get this, like we get this argument, but it's not, you don't need to pay, you don't need to pay $5 million for a winger because he hits dudes. Like it, I, I don't know. I, everybody knows. You don't need to do contract. that. Look, <laughs> this is, this both excites and elates me, but it also pisses me off. So the exciting yeah. thing is a division rival made a stupid move. That's going to really hinder them in the cap department. But it pisses me off because that raises Wayne Simmons price that much because Wayne Simmons would be insane to not go to his agent and say, look, I need at least what Tom Wilson's making a season, if not more like he's Wayne Simmons is now going to be making at least six mil next season. Craig. Oh, sorry. I mean, myself, I was going to say, I really don't know if this like this does have to inflate everybody else's numbers, right? Like across the league, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So this is, yeah, man. I guess that, yeah, that does really. I, I really wanted to bring Simmer back, but frankly, he's already looking like a third line winger on this team, and another team's gonna want that guy. They will pay him. Another team will pay to have Wayne Simmons be a top six guy for them, and be that power play specialist and be the heart and hustle and grit guy because Wayne Simmons brings all that to the, 
the table. But frankly, from a Flyers perspective, he just doesn't do enough at five on five anymore to really justify that kind of money. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a thing where I think, yeah, the, the power play, it, he's really a prolific power play scorer. And that would be the big reason why you would keep him. Uh, but it looks like they are looking at ways to kind of replace his production on the power play, whether it's Patrick or maybe JVR now. So, and yeah, and I talked about this a lot on the Saturday morning scramble, which by the way, if you haven't checked that out, it's the summer. So nothing new has happened. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, I don't do it. <laughs> it's not worth your time. Uh, like it, the, the Simmons situation is probably the, one of the weirdest situations that Flyers fans have been put in in a while because if you look at it logically, it makes sense to trade him or to not give him the next contract. But at the same time, everybody loves Wayne Simmons. Like, I don't know a Flyers fan who doesn't like Wayne Simmons. And it's just, it's just weird knowing that you have to part with him and it's not a guy that is ending. It's not the end of his career. It's not like Wayne Simmons is 38 and he's losing a step. Like, he's still, still Wayne Simmons and he still is you know, thriving and what he does in the game, but you just know that he's not going to be worth that next, next contract, I guess, which is, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they can definitely replace him at five on five. And with the, what Patrick was showing, maybe you can even pre- replace him on the power play, which in that case might be able to get something in return for him. Yeah. But, but it sucks. Cause Wayne Simmons, we've said before is, uh, a guy who's pretty much like a perfect flyer. He's yeah, he is, scores goals and punches dudes in the face. I, there's really not much else you have to do to be loved. What more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah, from seriously. As a hockey like, player, what else? Yeah. If you ask a stereotypical Flyers fan, especially one from a few years back, to to describe a perfect flyer, it's a guy who scores goals and punches guys in the yeah. face and hits guys. And, and Wayne Simmons does all that. He's pretty good at both. Like he's pretty good at both, and his. And I think the thing about his goals, too, is he'll throw in the occasionally, like, really skilled one. But a lot of his goals are just hard work and greasy ones. For, like, on the power play, he's just in the crease and he's whacking home, like, a second or third rebound. Or he's just dunking the puck while getting whacked in the back. Like, it's just, it, it's stuff where you can tell he's taking a lot of abuse to rack up these goals, too. Which is another yeah. reason maybe why he shouldn't put, uh, put a lot of money into his later very years, but... Yeah, that's what. So, moral of the story: Tom Wilson contract is a bad one. I, I think it's like I, the way I'm looking at. Like everybody has jumped to the conclusion that it is a bad one because I think it is. I think I'm looking at it like I'm trying to understand why the Caps did it, but it's still not even. Like I still well, come up with a reason why they shouldn't <laughs> have done for every counter argument. Like if, if, if I was trying to the play, the question is back, like. Yeah. I get the term, all right? I get it. He's a young guy. Term, term you, is fine. Term Even, is fine, well, but... Yeah. Six years is a lot honestly, for a guy that is a bottom six like level guy. It's a lot, but he's pretty young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty young. That's why the term is okay. Uh, you're pretty much going to get what you get out of him, and you know what you're getting for the next six years. So whatever on the term. But yeah. the money, think of the money. It's five plus... <laughs> Is crazy. They uh, four plus is not good. If they did like three and a half, okay, it's not ideal, but fine. Yeah, it would be a uh, yeah. The 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 conversation would be a lot different. It would just be everybody would just say, oh well, they bumped up a little bit because they won the cup. Like I don't think it would be anywhere near as big as this. But 
I think it's the thing too where the Caps were just in, like they were just in a cap situation. Like, no, no pun intended, but they were just in the cap situation this offseason where they needed to, they had to trade away or pick with Grubauer to open up cap space to re-sign Carlson and keep Kempney and then also get Orpik back somehow to keep that defense intact. But that was that was a whole process, and they had to jump through a lot of hoops to do that. And then McClellan goes out and just gives Wilson his contract. And they still need, I think Backstrom has one or two years left on his deal. Burkowski is not going to be, he's going to need to get paid soon, and Jacob Verana is going to need to get paid soon. So they're going to, like, it's going to, this move is going to cost them somebody. I don't know who, but it, and it may, you know, it, you may not think a lot of uh, Verona or Burakovsky right now, but they're pretty damn good players who I would take on my team over Tom Wilson. And Well, and if you think about a team that probably wants to make some midseason improvements, you know, at the trade yeah. deadline, they've got about 1.1 mil in cap space to work with, which is not good. No. Yeah, no, not not at all. Not at all. But, you know, and again, this is all stuff. I mean, we're talking to like we uh, we haven't experienced the Flyers winning the cup, so we can't really talk about like the offseason after winning a cup. But uh, as Steph mentioned it too, like we we just saw the Eagles won, and I guess nobody really cares what the Eagles did this offseason because they just won the Super Bowl. But they actually had a smart, yeah. Well, at the same time, they actually had a really upgraded. good offseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got. They got Mike Wallace and Haloti Nana, Michael Bennett, and they had uh, apparently Dallas Goddard's going to be a pretty good tight end. So it, they, you know, they improved their their Super Bowl team. While the the Caps, I mean, it, it you know, they didn't really have too too much room to improve. But the the Tom Wilson taking up cap space isn't ideal. That's 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 my stance. That's our stance. One that's one could even take. say it's bad. Yeah. yeah, that's my hot take. Is Tom Wilson has? <sighs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, we, we got our Tom Wilson talk out of the way. You want to talk yeah. some, some exciting arbitration? Arbitration talk. Uh, yeah, let's talk about these uh, these deals real quick. Nothing to Arbitration. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, the biggest team that is spotlighted here is the Senators. Because they have two. There's only uh, four players left who... Are, are still expected to head to arbitration. Two of them are senators. One of them happened today. I could not find details about it. Maybe they, like, even before we went to the sh- start recording at, like, 1030. No numbers have come out in Cody CC. CC wanted $6 million. Iowa wanted $3.5 million. Uh, which, I mean, CC wanting $6 million is hilarious. And I, I, don't, I won't even pay CC $3.5 million. But knowing arbitration, it's going to end up being, uh, let's see, 4.75. Like, they always just seem to split the middle. Which, uh, you know, for CC, that's way too much money. We'll see what happens. But I, I'm sure another team will want him because he's uh, got that grit. And then Mark Stone, who is still set uh, for a hearing on August 3rd. The team, the Senators want to pay him $5 million. Stone wants $9 million. Probably means seven million dollars for next season. And if you're, I mean, he's going to be gone. Like I think this is his last year in Ottawa. There's no, there's no way Mark Stone is on the Senators in 2019-20. Like just why? 
Well, if the uh, if the Senators were smart, they would trade him, but I don't really know about that anymore. But Stone and Carlson need to be gone if you're on the Senators, because you just need to get, like we were saying before, you just need to get the rock bottom. You need to get everything out of your system, get prospects and everything, and just start building up that way. Because you're not, you can't hang on to Carlson and Stone and kind of expect this rebuild to go by successfully. I guess. Especially considering a successful rebuild, yeah, it's it's not happening. Yeah, especially considering uh, I doubt Carlson still wants to be there, and Mark Stone. I mean, if you're gonna piss off Mark Stone with contract numbers, I, I'm sure he doesn't want to be there either. So that's the big. Those are the two big names left on arbitration. I get well, William Carlson too is also going to be an intriguing one on August fourth because I don't even know how you go about that for either side. And then uh, Jamel Smith is still expected to have a hearing. Um, he also had a hearing today, actually. I'm not sure if he ended up getting a deal. But Jamel Smith is a pretty good uh, depth player for the Stars. He had really good uh, possession numbers. He was really good at shot suppression. Uh, he was one of the top players when it came to uh, shot suppression numbers across the league. Uh, but apparently the big knock on him, according to Corey Schneider and other guys that do deep dive analytics, uh, projects is uh, Jamel Schmidt doesn't shoot enough, so maybe he'll be uh, maybe he'll be on the Flyers in a couple of years and get that Michael Raffle love. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what the, uh, I actually just wanted to to bounce back to Carlson real quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. just because that's that's such an odd case because that's a guy who before he came to Vegas did absolutely jack shit with his NHL career, and then he was one of the top goal scorers in the league in this past season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why it's like it, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what it's gonna like. What it would even be. Uh, it's I, I can't even throw out numbers. Yeah, because he he literally was just the, like an afterthought before this year, and then he put up forty one goals and had like the goal of the year and had some ridiculous goals in the postseason. I forget. I don't know if you're gonna remember because it was a random goal in the Western Conference playoff picture, but he. His overtime winner against the Sharks in, like, game four was an absolute laser. I think it may have been one of the hardest shots I've ever seen in my life. Like, he hit the back of the net, and the puck sprung out, and I think it, like, left the zone. And I'm pretty sure it was, like, John Forsland doing the game, and he was just like, holy crap. <laughs> you have to... That might be a Steve Watches the thing, but... I. It, but, like, this is stuff that he just didn't do in Columbus. Like he just there there wasn't even indications he was going to be able to do this type of thing in Columbus. When you talk about player like good players that the Golden Knights got, nobody, you know, there weren't articles last August and September that were like, watch out for William Carlson, he's going to light it up, because nobody <laughs> nobody expected it. Yeah. Um. So I, I looked up the uh, Jamel Smith. Uh, Arbitration hearing happened. The Stars offers a two-way contract. Jamel's request is a one-way deal worth nine hundred thousand. Which, um, again, that doesn't seem unreasonable. Yeah, again, I mean, if you're if you're the Stars, you would hope that sounds pretty good to me. Um, considering, you know, he's not going to be in your top six, but he seems like a pretty serviceable type player. Uh, other guys that avoided arbitration, uh, Truba. Well, Truba did go to arbitration, but. Ultimately signed. He wanted seven million. Team wanted four. Got one year, five point five million. Uh, Jason Zucker signed and avoided arbitration. Five years, five point five million a year. Pretty good player. He had thirty three goals last year, um, and it finished fifth in points for sixty at five and five in twenty sixteen seventeen. 
always a positive relative quarter four percentage guy. Like I, I, I like Jason Zucker a lot. I, I think that I think he deserves that contract. Brock Nelson avoided arbitration, one year, four point two five million. Had uh, nineteen goals last year, but he had three twenty goal seasons before that. All those possession numbers aren't great. Kevin Hayes signed one year, five point one seven five million. He had twenty five goals last year, uh, and he was all right in points for sixty. Uh, Brady Shea also signed. Brady Shea signed for six years, five point two five million a year. Sounds like a lot for him, but he has the, he looked pretty promising. There's a lot of hope with him. Uh, that yeah, I mean that looks like a, that was a pretty good. I think it was his rookie season this year, but he he looks like he's going to be a pretty good defenseman for the Rangers for years to come. Uh, Ryan Sprinter signed three years, four million dollars a year. Um, that I mean that seems right on the money too for for him. So it looks like the Rangers did all right in all these arbitration hearings. They had a lot of them too with uh, Hayes, Shea, and Spooner. There's not really one that sticks out as a bad one, but Brady Shea one for a guy that was supposed to go arbitration that gets six years is kind of uh, is kind of surprising, but that it's probably best for them because once they start competing again, Brady Shea at 5.25 million may not, it, that may actually be a pretty good contract. Might be a uh, lesser version of the Gossip Spear contract. Shea's not going to be a Gossip Spear, but you know, you, you get what I'm saying, right? Alright, you want to do around the league real quick? Let's do it. Jerome McGinley retired. Alright, now it's he retired. I don't think he didn't play last season. Uh, I I was really shocked to see all this Jerome McGinley news in my feed lately <laughs> because I thought he retired so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, apparently he decided to announce it now. But, you know. Uh, I mean, good for him. 19 seasons. 1,095 points in 1,554 games for the Flames. Avalanche, Bruins, Kings, and Penguins, mostly the, the Flames. I think of two moments when I think of a Jerome McGinley, and one of them is the fight with Vinny LeCavier back in the Stanley Cup back in uh, 2004. And then I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember he got trucked by Zach Ronaldo uh, in 2013-14 when he was on the Bruins? Uh, not really, to be honest. Okay, I mean, it was a random regular season game. It was late in the year when the Flyers needed points, and... Ran... It sounds like Ronaldo. Yeah, and I think also that game, LeCavier tied the game with, like, 30-something seconds left, because that was, like, a thing the Flyers kept doing in 2013-14. Uh, but, yeah, it was a... And it wasn't... I don't believe it was a dirty hit, which was surprising. He just... I mean, he just fucking clocked him. And then I think he... I think he beat the shit out of him. It was a whole thing. It was uh, unfortunate for Ginla, and I mean unfortunate for hockey because it's Zach Ronaldo. But yeah, that's the thing that happened. Um, did you happen to click on the link for the Anaheim Ducks uh, third jersey? I like gross jerseys, so I like this third jersey. I don't know if... <laughs> Like, just the color scheme. It's always good when you lead off with, I like gross jerseys. Yeah, I love bad hockey jerseys. I don't know why. And this is, uh, I feel like many people put that in that category. I mean, I actually love this Mighty Ducks design. I've always been a fan of that. Oh, the Mighty so... Ducks design is great. It's just the, like, they could have just used the old the old jerseys, which were banging. But they went with, uh... yeah. I mean, if you... Um... Yeah, because they had like a whole hype video, like a twenty-six second hype right. video. When it could have just well, their their modern shitty logo on the on the shoulder certainly doesn't look good. 
Oh, yeah, no. No, not at all. That Web D is... It's terrible. one of the worst logos in hockey. It looks like a minor league logo. Yeah. What do you think is the worst logo? I think it's them where the Blue Jackets. Right. Because the, the Blue Jackets is just... Too. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm fine with the avalanches. Yeah, also, the Blue yeah. Jackets is weird. It's just kind of stupid. Remember when it had that like bug with attitude? Yeah, because I think we we talked about this before. I think they had like an identity crisis. I think they were trying to be like. Now they're all about the cannon. Yeah, and they're trying to make the Blue Jackets like a thing where it was like another type of like wasp, like a yellow jacket. Yeah. And then they were like, "Oh wait, we should go with like the Civil War approach." And then they made the cannon and everything, and like the yeah. I don't know. Now, they have an identity with the cannon. Okay, yeah. great. But the logo still needs some cleaning up. Honestly, I think the Ducks might be the worst, though, because it just, it's sloppy. It doesn't look good. Yeah, it's not, it's not really a good time. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I like the, I like the third jersey, though. But again, like I said, I like absolutely terrible hockey jerseys. Uh, talked about Brooks Orpik coming back to the Cavs one year, $1 million, whatever. Just brought back the entire defense from last year which makes sense because i mean that team pretty much thrived on uh evacuating because that's up putting up points and then shot blocking shot blocking and uh steady defense i guess on the way out so may as well bring back that entire corpse um defensive corpse. <laughs> uh, oh, i'm sorry i i thought you were talking about somebody as if they were a corpse. <laughs> which i mean if there was somebody in the league uh it would be brooks orpic uh and then Cor- you know, I think that's the one time uh, saying corpse instead of defensive core is uh, acceptable when you're talking about Brooks Orvik. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, or Roman Polak. Roman Polak's probably out there, but nobody cares about Roman Polak. No, um, no. Vegas and U- the U.S. Army ended their trademark dispute. Uh, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah I was, it was really. I've been on pins and needles about this one. Say, it was keeping me up at night. So I was kind of you know, worried about it. Man, it's, it was very upsetting. <laughs> uh, Mitch Korn follows Barry Trotz to the New York Islanders. Mitch Korn, who is considered a pretty good goaltending uh, coach. Which reminds me, not a lot of Jeff Reese talk going on recently. You know what I mean? There was a while should there. Should have kept. Yeah, should have kept, yeah. I don't know if Ben Bishop really lit it up this year, but maybe, uh, maybe bring him back. Although Ken Bishop really dropped off the radar. Yeah, I mean, being big helps out for a little bit of time. But, uh, you know, eventually got to have some athleticism. Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't really been. Yeah, he, he's been. He, he's definitely been an NHL goalie. We'll put it that way. A <laughs> um, couple uh jersey retirements. Uh, the Bruins are going to retire Rick Middleton's number, number 16. Uh, he had 898 points for the Bruins and 888 games back in the 70s. He's also the captain of the Bruins for three seasons. And then the Coyotes are going to retire their first number ever, and it's Shane Down. And it's oh, number 19. Great. Who would have thought February 4th, February 24th against the Winnipeg Jets? He was 21 season, 972 points in 1,540 games. Two 30-goal seasons, 11 20-goal seasons. And, uh, yeah, Shane Doan, I think it's played a, a long time, played a long time. And, uh, was it good? We don't know. Cause he played out in Arizona, but, uh, but he played a long time, played a long time, 972 points in 1,540 games. Sure. We'll say that's passable. Uh, good enough to get your number retired apparently. So shout out to Shane Doan. Uh, and then 
Uh, Darren Millard is leaving Sportsnet. I just saw that on Twitter a couple hours ago, but apparently, so one of the hosts of uh, or he was on Hockey Central at noon, and he also covered some Leafs games. And uh, it'd be interesting to see. He was a pretty big voice at Sportsnet, which I don't know, you know, if you're a weirdo like me who was able to watch a ton of games and you get all the Canadian coverage. It, he was a pretty prominent voice at Sportsnet. So it'll be interesting to see how they fill that void. That's or uh, Don Cherry. Wait, no. Oh, Don no. Cherry's not Sportsnet, Thank right? He's Hockey uh, Night in Canada. Yeah. CBC, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, more Don Cherry, just all, across all network, because he is a modern, relevant voice. <laughs> he is. When I think of Canada, I think of Don Cherry. <laughs> well, that's actually true, because <laughs> he regularly drapes himself in the Canadian flag. <laughs> no. That would be, man, if you were to, if we were to say Don Cherry was every Canadian, I don't want to hear what their answer would be for what every American would be, because I'm sure the counter argument would not be, we wouldn't be too happy about it. <laughs> Probably be the president of the United States. Yeah, so. So, yeah no, thank you. Oh, 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 boy. Okay, moving on. Oh, boy. Oh, like oh, rumba. Oh, uh, okay. oh, hot topic there. Oh, <laughs> bow tie spins. Okay, I mean, that's all. That's, that's everything. Uh, we're done. Wrap it up. Pack it in. <laughs> Rack them. Gang, I'm, if you have any. It's, yeah, it's really awkward. It's, it's rough, man. I mean, we're going to do another one in two weeks, and we're it's, it's going to be gross. I, we might we might do extended games. It might just be. By the way, I, I floated this idea in the Slack chat today. But uh, if anybody would have interest in a a live fly purpley game uh, with crowd interaction, like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, let, let us know. Oh, yeah, I I think it would be fun to do sometime. Yeah, that definitely season, be pretty fun. But, we or maybe even like leading up to the season could be a good time. Yeah, hey, Craig Craig and Steve. Emceeing a little fly purpley game live and in person uh, could be a good time, but let us know. Uh, and if you want to let us know, best place I would say is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Craig, I mean, your sports bad right now? I, you know, I, 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 they're not really there. I mean, like, well, they're bad if you're an Orioles fan, so they're pretty bad. Yeah, but I've become numb to the whole, you know. I'm used to that. The thing, uh, like I've said before, too, I've unfortunately just kind of like fallen out of love with baseball. Like, I used to really love it back when the Orioles were in the the midst of their 14-year span where they were just absolutely irrelevant. But I just, I I don't know. Like, the only time I can really, I can really watch baseball now is either when I'm at the game or the playoffs. Like, I can't, I honestly can't remember the last time I sat down and watched an entire regular season game. Because there's just, like, what's the point? There's so many. They take like four hours. And That's true. They do take. I, like the, I don't the know. The Phillies like, and the I Pirates played a four-hour non-extra innings game earlier this season. That yeah. was just. So yeah. I mean, like it's it's it, it, the things that make baseball exciting in the postseason. Like the the amount of time between each pitch pitch makes it like anticipation in the postseason. It makes it exciting, but it makes it terrible to watch during the regular season because you're like you just want it to speed up. You're like, come on, let's go. <laughs> let's get this. Come on, come on, come on. I don't got time. It's... Well, you know, some of us might root for teams that are doing well, so they might have gotten back into baseball. Well, I, uh, more yeah, I understand. Yeah, like, history, I understand so. Phillies fans. Yeah, but I mean, like, even when the Orioles started doing well, I just didn't care. Like, I, no, I hear, I hear. It's yeah, a yeah. slow sport. It's tough to to catch up on on the regular season. I, I'm I'm with you. I yeah. get it. Uh, I get it. I hear you. I hear you. I just, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you yeah. know. 
Uh, enough Jay Leno. It's August. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, of course, the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Well, that's important to note. Not a lot of people are saying the Penguins, that. It's... The Penguins didn't win the Stanley Cup. I think Listen, pretty good I yelled... I. <laughs> At the at the Passyunk uh, car show the other day, I was just walking around and I saw a kid in a Ezekiel Elliott shirt, and I yelled, "Eagles are Super Bowl champions!" <laughs> this like teenager. So, uh, there you yeah, go. things are good. Things Steve are good. yelling at kids, I like it. That's Steve good... yelling at kids. That's yeah. really that's, that's the new, new segment. segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve yells at kids. I also taunted an elderly man this week, so that's good. Um, <laughs> He was asking me to move off the, listen, he, he had an unreasonable move request when I was down the shore and I kind of gave him, I kind of gave him like the regal, like uh, this way, your majesty kind of <laughs> gesture. And he was not pleased with me. I just, I like picturing that as our new segment, like you yelling at teenagers, because I picture you like on the concourse at the Wells Fargo center, just like yelling at like 12 year old kids just like you don't even know who sean podin is do you you just don't even know you know you're not a fan you're not a fan you're just you're like, not a fan do, like you, a, do you know who sean burke is yeah. <laughs> you never watched Dan mcgillis did you you don't know hockey get out of here you didn't watch you With didn't your watch fortnite the, and your technology i don't need you those 10 games of adam oats <laughs> You don't uh, know who Beezer yeah. is, do you? You don't know who John Van Beezer is. Beezer, friggin' legend for letting in a goal that was really high in the air and went behind his back <laughs> while he got it lost in the lights. Anyway, uh, Craig, sports are bad. I can be reached at Flyperbole or Estebaum. And uh, be sure to follow BSH Radio, Broad Street Hockey. All that good stuff. Uh, like us on Facebook. And uh, I guess I should check the email account again. Sorry if you have sent an email. I will check it this week, but uh, it's flyperbly at gmail dot com. Check uh, check out the Broadway Hockey Top Twenty Five Hundred Twenty Five. I have a feeling that's what most of our episodes going to be in on in two weeks, and then also yeah, check out the Saturday Scrambles, Saturday Morning Scrambles. Now we've been doing that every Saturday. Uh, it's pretty pretty good stuff. It's like an hour long, just a Q and A. So if you pretty, get questions, pretty. Pretty good. Yeah, you got questions that uh, you know, you won't want somewhere from Broad Street Hockey to answer. They'll uh, they'll be on Saturday mornings. So there yes. you go. Non-Steve category. I, I can't wake up before one p.m. Hey, I I thought I wouldn't either, and I did. And then my computer apparently didn't want to wake up before one o'clock. So that's a that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> I need a new computer. You know what? If someone wants to start a GoFundMe to get me a new computer, I I'm, I'm all ears. I'm welcomed. And if you can think of a proper Patreon show for Craig and I to start up uh, so we can just make money off of that, we'll do that. You know, it's a if Steve tells Craig about the movies he's seen. Uh, <laughs> Steve and Craig make fart noises for two hours. Yeah. Uh, Steve and Craig uh, just yell about young people. Craig and Steve talk three hours at length about Scott Lawton and how they're not obsessed with him. He is Think just so. dreamy. He always ends up at face-offs and yeah. is totally a first line center. No, he's, he's, he's third or fourth guys. I realize this. Good God. Anyway. Yes, we do. Thank you for listening. And I think that's <laughs> Craig. Craig wants this to last. By the way, hours. He's trying. Say, he's trying way, hard. We got, our, did we get over an hour? Oh, we definitely got over. Suck it. Steve. So, Get up. I hate you. <laughs> Gang. Thanks for listening, and until next time, 
as always, good night and good hockey. Fucking got him. Fucking Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.